on this chicken still. So, so, does, so by you being committed, does that mean you've closed Wingspan or you just muted it? No, I don't play Wingspan. <laughs> not anymore. It's Marvel Snap now, isn't it? Marvel Snap. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not on there. DG knows if I start playing in the middle of the podcast, so I can't fucking do it because he'll get angry at me. <laughs> I got a new Steam account. I got a new stealth Steam account just to play Marvel Snap. Just to hide from DG. A, a burner, yeah. a burner Marvel, Marvel Snap account. Yeah, a burner, a burner Marvel Snap. Welcome to the board game Chinwag. Uh, we are a very professional lot tonight. Uh, for the first time ever, we are professionals. Uh, and joining me um, with such astute honours is Dave. How are you doing? Certainly not professional. Yes. Uh, but you are the only one with a video, so you, that was the reason I went to you first. Jimon, how are you doing? A mediocre. Mediocre? That's a new oh. one. Where does that fit in the scale? Huh? It's worse than normal. <laughs> oh. But where's normal feeling? It's going to be a downer night. No way. Come on, no, no, I'm just disappointed because we're supposed to be professionals now. Oh. Trying to weasel my way out of it straight away. <laughs> you can be Leon the professional. Okay. That sounds like fun. <laughs> uh, and Shane, how you yeah, doing, Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. This is a, a, a monumentous occasion because this is the first time since the Chinwag has started that we were all in the same room together, including Helen, who's not on the show tonight. So how much fun was last Wednesday? Uh what Tuesday? Tuesday. Wednesday was a bit shitty, yeah. I was a bit yeah, tired. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that hurt the next day, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Technically, I got home on Wednesday, Wednesday so... Yeah. 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 Hey, Helen's yeah. still recovering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah no, it was awesome. It was, it was really good to see your face and five of us in the room together. It was almost like we were recording an episode of the podcast, even though we're just playing games. Yeah. I, what I love about this podcast is that just half the time I... When we're talking, I just kind of forget that we're doing a podcast. And that was kind of like what that night was. It was just right from the start. Like I hadn't met Helen in person before. So, yeah, it was just really cool to see you guys again and play Dwellings and Ready, Set, Bet. And that Dwellings game was painful. I loved it, but far out that I get slaughtered in that game. I don't think I've ever come last in that game, but I certainly made a point of it in that game. It was pretty brutal. Um, <laughs> damn, it was funny, though. God, we had, we had some podcast gold happening around the table. Yeah, it's bloody hilarious. Yeah. It, like, G-Money was being outpunned there for a little while, which is really <laughs> interesting. And by me too, which is yeah, even I'm... worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the look on G-Money's face, when you, I can't even remember what you said, but you said something and you beat G-Money to it. And he was just like, now what do I do? Like, <laughs> it was the ready, set, bet. You don't want to come in from behind. You know? And I was like, point oh one of a second before saying it. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still upset. Yeah, but I'm sure we'll talk about that and other games as well. Um, I think we should just get into it though. Uh, aside, of, well, we can talk about dwellings if we want, but uh, other games or th- that game that night, uh, games we played lately that we've been enjoying. Yeah, I Anyone played a couple any? of Lacerda games. Yeah, right. I played Kanban for the first time. And I played Weather Machine today for the first time. Okay. I like Kanban. I haven't played Weather Machine yet. I have played Kanban, but what, what were your Kanban thoughts? Kanban is, well, like I said, I've only played them the once, so I don't have much. But Kanban, to me, felt the smoothest of all the Lacerda games. Like, you can pretty much get the game in your mind, 
by a good teach. Thanks to Def Leppard for teaching the game. <laughs> and um, yeah, there was like by the end of it, you kind of knew the whole game, and uh, nothing really comes out of nothing comes out and surprises you in that game. Mm. Yeah, you can kind of see all the actions before they happen. Elegant, beautifully smooth, just amazing game. Weather Machine is similar, but there's like extra steps and extra bits you can do. So Kanban, you sort of, you take a good action, but everyone can see your action coming. Whereas with Weather Machine, you can do this, which gives you a little bit of this, and then that does that. And it's kind of like, yeah. Was it uh, was it the EV version, mate, or just the, the first edition Kanban? I uh, don't know what the difference is. I'm assuming if it's Def's copy, it'll be the Carbon EV. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the Eagle I don't Griffin know how version. to distinguish. Well, was it in an Eagle Griffin size box? It was a massive box. Yeah, then that'd be the new yeah. one. Yeah, uh, I've played that a couple of times, and um, Ingrid and Shane did a great teach one day on a Sunday game day of Carbon uh, EV, and I kind of grasped it at about the. Uh, halfway point and then you know you're starting to plan a few moves ahead and um, that game we were only like about three or four points from first to third away from each other at the end of the game yeah nice it was brilliant and I agree with you G it's such a smooth smooth game everything flows what's the name of the lady that the annoying lady Sandra isn't it Sandra, Sandra that's yeah. it you mean his wife isn't yeah it? <laughs> Which they were telling me about how they were interviewing him or something, and they kept hanging shit on Sandra. And then he's like, "You know, that's my wife, right?" <laughs> you can't recover from that. She's a hard taskmaster. <laughs> I'm sure she's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I played that with. I've only played it once as well, Gman. But the um, the man, the legend, Scott Becker, taught me that game. Ah, oh, Scott Becker. What yeah, a he, what a magnificent a creature. Very big fan of Kanban, and um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. So tell us about Weather Machine. What do you think was it better? Oh, I, I personally I liked Weather Machine better than Kanban. Again, okay. don't really feel like I have much of a right to have much of an opinion because I've only played them once. But Weather Machine felt like there's more individual plays that you you have a really good turn, and whereas in Kanban, like everyone's got the same actions, so it's timing versus your creativity, I guess, in a sense. Whereas Weather Machine, you can really line up some amazing turns that you know you've you've brought on yourself, type thing. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, I like Weather Machine, but it was brain hurty. It was yeah. an hour teach and then a four hour game. Wow! But there was only like there was like I think the top the leading score was seventy six, and Matt and I both got sixty nine. Nice. Very good. Yeah, I, I, I remember when Weather Machine came out on Kickstarter. It looked the art style is very, I, I think anyway, very different to a lot of Lucerta's games. Um, but then, obviously, with that Eno tool graphic design, it's just it's one of those it, like they're all the same, right? Like once you once you figure out all the things, it's a very easy game to follow on the board and the and the like and, and the components because it's all so well put together. Yeah, I think that just like. Yeah, Kanban, for example, you sit down that and you can see it and it's just so elegant and smooth and just brilliant. Like, you know, it makes sense, you know, the history of the game, just all all round top top tier package of a of a thing, you know. Have you played many other Lucetas? So that was my fourth. Okay. 
So I played On Mars, Escape Plan, Kanban, and Weather Machine. But, um, and, and obviously, you said Weather Machine was your favorite out of those to be very played in once. What about the other two? Where are they? Uh, on Mars is my favorite still. Okay. The Escape Plan is my favorite. And it's just hella fun, though. Is it? It's great. It's, um, yeah. Something about that game. I, I said to him, that, like, he's like the Quentin Tarantino of board game developers. You know, all of his movies, all of his things are slightly different, but, you know, all within the same type of style and everything, so. Yeah. Like, I reckon yeah. you took you take people and you play Escape Plan and On Mars and Lisboa and you say, did who made all those three games? They would never know it was for the same person. Yeah, I guess so. But, like, I, I, it's funny you say that because in my eyes, because I know they're Lacerda's, I feel like they play like Lacerda's, but I guess that goes to your point as well. Like, there's there are some similar things throughout them that, yeah, maybe if I didn't have a clue who Vitala Serta was, I'd just be like, wow, these are three very different games. Anyway, that's about it. I played a bit of Frosthaven and a bit of other stuff, but that's about it. All right. I had a, uh, a crack out of 1846 the other night on a school note, which was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't get it finished, but um, taught a couple of people and had a really good time with it, so... It blends in a, a few elements of City of the Big Shoulders, which I'm a fairly large fan of, and a bit of that train planning mechanic stuff. So um, I think that'll get another run. That was quite good. I also played uh, Distilled oh. so a weekly game night last week, which was fantastic. I really liked it like from the get-go. It wasn't a game that I got on Kickstarter, surprisingly. I um, left that one to a few other people I knew, so it was nice to have a go of it. And Nick did a really good teach, Pastor Nick. And, um, yeah, it's a really easy sort of set collection style approach where you just draft in your mechanics of your, what you want to make in your alcohol and then you shuffle everything together and then what pops out is what you get to make beer with or booze with, whatever you want. Um, so you kind of got to stack your deck with certain ingredients if you want a certain type of outcome. And then you go through the the bottling and the um, distribution phase and you sell it all and you make money just a really smooth easy to understand card drafting and set collection game so mm. big fan would definitely play again uh, a lot of times <clears throat> and then also uh, managed to pick up john company i haven't played it and got it to the table yet but i've learned it and it's going to get a run tomorrow night i believe so yeah, very excited about that one as well what about you shana mac um I've had, uh, I've been playing, well, I've been at the, the game night on Wednesday night, we played um, Cat in the Box. Uh, I just took a whole heap oh, yeah. of small games that I could play versus one big one. So taught Cat in the Box uh, to a couple of people. Um, then after that game, we played Six Nymphed, uh, which is just a great little card game. Quality. And then Callum and I played Beer and Bread. I taught Callum Beer and Bread. After that, just a two-player. I've been teaching that everywhere, everywhere I go at the moment. And then finished up with a game of uh, Air, Land and Sea, the uh, battle line oh, yeah. uh, card game, two-player. I got, got my pants pulled down in that one. That was kind of just killed me both games in that. And and you lost too, I heard as well. <laughs> <laughs> and Callum didn't have to leave three-quarters of the way through the game? No, no, no. Mm. 
And um, New Orleans. Well, you know, when you say three quarters away into the game, it was only about a 45-second game. He literally <laughs> killed me <laughs> really fast. Um, and uh, then I played uh, Shot and Totten 2 with um, Lauren on Sunday. Just the old Shot and Totten. Shot and Totten. Great little card game. Um, so taught Lauren that. And I went and picked up Legacy of You. So that is sitting there ready for me to play. Um, but uh, I haven't unboxed it yet to give it a go. So I've had a fair well, few games, really. Well, it's a pretty good segue into my weekend. Um, so I was supposed to go away to that um, game night that I was running in Bohemia, but it got cancelled because um, apparently there was something, some sort of big mustering event on which that whole region, there's not actually a town there. It's just a town hall and it's all the farmers that come to the town hall. So because there was this mustering event on, they had like one family sign up and they just said they can't do that weekend. So I got canned, which meant I was at home, which was nice because it's been a bit crazy the last few weeks. Uh, and yeah, I cracked Legacy of You and oh boy, that's, I mean, you know, it's not the first time we talked about Shem Phillips on the show, <laughs> but uh, that, that's a, that's a great little game. And it's, it's, it's a solo only game, but it, it does not feel like you're playing a solo game. I just, the whole time it, it doesn't, whenever I play a solo only game or a solo version of a game, most of the time you're trying to get to a particular point score to like give yourself either your highest score ever or to fall within a gauge of, you know, you're playing the game well, or you need to play it better or you're playing it excellently, that sort of thing. Um, you know, or you're just trying to get, you know, some sort of victory points or victory condition. This one, while you are trying to win the game, it's so so well done. The, the, the me- mechanics are so well done that just getting out and surviving is so hard that you don't really have that solo game mindset of I've just yeah you know, I'm tr- I'm trying to beat the game here. It just you're just so engrossed in the, it's hard to explain it. Just so, I feel like you're just so engrossed in the game gameplay itself that you're just sort of going holy crap I was able to win or uh, but. Um, Played the first game and lost it, and it was. I felt like I was close, but it was pretty comprehensive. There's three ways you can lose. You can lose by having seven barbarians above your um, township. Um, you can lose by having no cards to draw from when you need to draw cards, or you can lose from having the flood overtake the region before you can build all the canals. And let's just say that I had seven barbarians. I knew that I was going to get seven barbarians, but if I was able to kill one of them. It was going to get rid of a card, which I didn't have. So I was either going to lose by having seven barbarians or losing all my cards. And on my next turn, I was going to get flooded out. <laughs> so I was going to lose by all three conditions uh, in my first game. But in the second game and the third game, I irked out the tightest of wins to the point where the second, the, the last game I just played, the third game, I thought I was done for and I was about ready to start packing up. And then I looked down and went, oh, hang on, I've got two shells and I've got two provisions. I can change that to, uh, I, I can trade that in to draw a card off the top of the deck. So I did that and then that gave me two workers and, a, and, and something else like a provision or something. And because I got those two workers, I was able to then start a series of turns that meant I could win the game. But if I didn't notice that, which is, there's a lot going on, it's pretty easy to miss something. I would have lost horribly, but in the end, I managed to sneak out a win with like one um, uh, resource left. So I just, it's, I've never played a solo game. Like Final Girl does that a little bit as well, but I feel like this one, 
whether you win or you lose, it's by the skin of your teeth. And if you win, it makes the game harder the next time you play it. And if you lose, it makes the game easier. So it's kind of going to balance itself out um, as you go along. Um, but it is a story campaign, so you keep on unlocking unlocking these parts of the story. So I'm just like, oh, I'll just keep doing whatever I can do to unlock the story because surely unlocking rewards will be a good thing. No, <laughs> that game shits on you. <laughs> I keep getting these stories and it's like, ah, oh, well, you thought that barbarian was bad, but his brother's now pissed off because you beat him. So here's a bigger, badder barbarian that's going to take its place. You're like, oh, shit. And then you beat that one. And it's like, yeah, but you lost two extra workers fighting it. So get rid of two more workers. You're like, what the hell? So it just, it's like, you know, like that uh, Nelson and his two cronies bashing up Millhouse. It's like one guy's working the face and then suddenly they start working the belly and it's like, there's no, there's no way out. But uh, yeah, so good. I'm absolutely loving it. So I played it three times. Two wins, two very, very slender wins and a loss. Um, the maximum amount of plays, it would be 13, which would be six wins, six six wins, seven losses, or six losses, seven wins. Because um, you, you go until you've either won seven times or lost seven times. So um, I reckon I'll go pretty close to that number based on how the game's gone so far. So, yeah, really, really impressed with it. How smooth yes. is it, though? Like from a oh. – like with most solo – with some, a lot of solo games, you, you've got to, you know, manage an AI – bot or something like that this game mm. you don't manage anything it just manages itself and you're just flowing through Brilliant. yeah for sure and it does feel very like it feels very shemmy but almost like i, I would be so wouldn't be surprised if um bobby hill had something to do with it because you do get some it feels like some sort of weird love child of hadrian's yeah. wall and paladins um would be the two games i'd sort of feel like i'm playing something along those lines um, but yeah, you're right. It's 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 so smooth. It's so easy to understand. The actions make sense. Like, um, you know, you've opened, you've, you've built more canals, so then there's more people along the canals to trade with, and you know, um, you, you're going to lose by either the barbarians rushing the town, or you're going to win by, you know, stopping the floodwaters by building the canals. Like it all, and it's all based on history, as they love to do. And there's a lot of storyline. And basically, at the end of every round, you're writing a, a letter back to your partner. Um, telling her about how things are going and all these people are dying and how that's weighing on you. And it's very, yeah, very smooth start to finish and even in between games. It's And it's super quick to pack up and set up. It's like, it's great. So, yeah, yeah and, definitely a winner. And uh, what I like about it is you mentioned, you know, you, you eke out a win. It is, um, oh, yeah. and if you miss one, you miss one move and your game's stuffed. There's no coming back from it. I had a bit of a laugh I'm on the... Um, Garfield Discord channel. <laughs> I was um, I had to ask a question, so I just started reading some of the stuff. And one guy's like, "I've been trying to do this thing where I kill all the barbarians on every one of my turns," and everyone's like, "Wow, that's got to be pretty hard." He's like, "Yeah, it has been," uh, but I was able to do it, but I still lost. <laughs> like, flood quarter. Yeah, like it didn't didn't win the game by doing it. He just because that's 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 probably the hardest thing is that like you've got to put resources, specifically like your meeples, your your workers, um, towards killing the barbarians. But in order to get them um, to kill the barbarians, that that's not going to stop the floods. So then you've got to build the canals, which also takes workers and resources. But the more canals you build means the more barbarians come. So you, you, you just can't focus on one thing. It's, it's impossible. You're, you're, you're bound to lose. So uh, you've really got to divide. And even there's like these three different areas that you can strengthen. You can strengthen your 
um, your harvest, you can strengthen what your workers do and you can strengthen um, or you can get yourself yeah, yeah. extra actions. Yeah. Um, but you can't do just one and not the others. You, you, yeah. In most games, you're like, oh, I'm just going to focus on this and that this game. I, I, unless I'm doing it wrong, I just can't see a strategy where you don't have to do everything. You've got, you just got to also get a good combo going of all the cards you tuck as well. So when when you finish resting and you and you you start your next round, you get all those freebies that are tucked, and um, yeah, and if you get a good combo going, it kind of sets up your whole round for you. That that is true, but then also then you don't have those workers the next round when you uh, have to reshuffle your no. decks. So then you got less yep. times between the floods. Yep. It's like far out. Yeah, it's so good. So yeah, definitely recommend it. I, I do like playing solo games every now and again, but it's rare that one grabs me like this one has and just I probably going to have another game after the podcast well i, I need to un- unbox mine and get a get a game of the actual physical copy in it'll be good hmm. all right so, well yeah. that was enough of you two talking about show games <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's the obligatory five minutes of every episode uh, right? yeah least. yeah well i also played a game of architects and paladins in the last week but we'll we'll uh we'll just pretend that didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> Even though it was my best ever score in Paladins. So, but anyway. Um, well, I actually, I, I don't know whether you guys saw in the chat, but I threw out an idea for a, for a topic. Um, and it's based on, so before I caught up with you guys, I'd actually got a chance to go down to my brothers for the weekend um, and play some games, which was awesome. Um, and one of the games he's got that I said, I, I want to play that again because the last time I played it was just awful. Um and it's it's led to this topic, which is: Have you ever played a game that you just did not like, and then you've played it again at a future date, either out of just interest of maybe I, maybe we did something wrong, or because someone else is playing it, and you're like, oh, I guess I'll play that, seeing as how it's on the table, and then turn around and actually enjoyed that game the second play through. Like it feels like a totally different experience. Um, if you have, then that's me and Concordia. So. My, f- my first game of Concordia was during the virtual gaming con. Um, I, I, it started at about nine o'clock. It finished in the AM. So I went for more than three hours. Um, and I distinctly remember falling asleep twice during that game. And one time I felt really bad because I sort of woke up and it was my turn. I'm like, oh shit, I haven't been out for very long. Um, the second time I felt like I'd fallen asleep for longer. So I felt even worse when I woke up. And it still wasn't my turn. So that's like my lasting memory of that game. And from that point on, I just did whatever I could to finish the game as quick as possible. I think there's an option to buy cards. I just like whatever I can do to buy cards to just get this over with. I want this game ended. Um, And I just walked away from that going, I'm never playing that game again. Well, after hearing people say, that's ridiculous. That game only goes for like half, it goes for an hour, 90 minutes max. And it's a really good card game. Like it's a really good way to, hand management and you know you're buying your victory points but you're also buying your actions i'm like actually sounds really cool and i love the that's that that card play mechanic in other games so i'm like oh all right mark teach me concordia i'm going to learn from scratch i'm just going to treat this as a whole new game like i've never played and it's really good (laughs) i was i was kind of i'm almost annoyed at myself for how much i enjoyed it you have ragged on that game a lot yeah yes i have and I thought deservedly so, but now I've got to go and rescind all of my comments and um, up- update my BGG ranking of it and <laughs> do all those things. Um, 
yeah, it, it was. It's all of those things I said I thought I should like about it. It's the card hand management is excellent. Um, it doesn't overstay its welcome, which it definitely did the first time. And I guess maybe those barriers of TTS and communication via Discord and um, and yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, a couple of really bad AP players in the game as well uh, probably didn't help it. But um, yeah, I I would definitely play that again to the point where if I saw saw it come up on the second hand marketplace. I might even grab it up because I feel like that's a game I could teach Helen and she'd like it as well. So, um, yeah, that's that's definitely my redemption story, my board game redemption story. Yeah, I've played it once. I didn't mind it because um, that's – is it where you're using an opponent's ability as well? Is that right? You share an ability? Uh, not so much, no. You can uh, – oh, sort of like if you've built in an area and then someone produces in that area, you'll get the resource – from where you've produced. So if you produced a brick house and they, you know, in, I don't even know, in like Sicilia, and then they produce in Sicilia, you'll get a brick because you've got a brick house there. But if you don't have a brick house, you don't get anything. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, it's, 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 you can't really say it's area control because you can build on other people's spaces. It's just, it's a bit of, it's, it's an efficiency puzzle and the, you you could feel like you're doing really well in the game, but if you haven't bought the cards that score victory points that, that match how you're playing, you, like, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, seven buildings times zero is still zero, you know? Like, you, so you've got to keep your eyes on the cards. You've got to keep your eyes on how you're going to score. You're the whole way through the game, you've got, to, you've got to be aware of the fact that, you know, as fun as it is to build these places, you do need to score victory points. So, Yeah. Is that the? What about you guys? Is that sorry? Is, was that the Venus one? Because it is Concordia Venus. Uh, no, that was just that was just um, you know, vanilla. Okay, yeah, vanilla Concordia the Venus, yeah. and that that's where I think you do share. Whoever's sitting next to you, you kind of like work as a bit of a team. Um, oh, okay. In in that, from memory, I mean, it was probably one of the first games I ever played. Getting back into the hobby, so yeah, and, right. it, and that was that with that legend Scott Becker. So yeah, Scott, what a legend. It's going to be shared out this week. So, um, yeah. I'm going to pass on talking about my game, if that's okay, you know, because I'm still mm-hmm. scarred. Um, and plus, I don't want G, that's you sold I don't it. Want G money bagging on me. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you've already told everyone what it is. Yeah. I, I love I, um, I love City of the Big Shoulders. So, I hated it. Not that hated much, it apparently. Dave's got the best copy, so look. It's just G Money sitting there with oh. like a, an arrow in his bow, just waiting. He's like, "Go on, say it, Shane." I, I, say actually, it. I actually looked on the weekend. Um, yesterday, in fact, I was searching online to try and find a copy, and there is a copy somewhere over in some land of Nod for 120 euros or something like that. Oof! And I was like, no. I believe they're bringing out a new new edition. So you might be in luck. There has been rumours for a little while. I think the latest rumour is that he sold the IP and might be getting a reprint through another company. Hmm, I thought I might have seen it on like an up, like a news story on maybe like the Dice Tower or something that there's a new version coming yeah. in the future. I think it was January that he was. there was a story saying he moved it on. So if anyone's hmm. listening out there and they want to on-sell their copy of City of Big Shoulders, please reach out. <laughs> or take this as a precautionary warning and don't don't sell your copy of City of Big Shoulders. <laughs> yeah. You'll yeah. get shit on by your friends, man. Yeah. I, I, Should have put it in a treasure chest and uh, buried it somewhere and written a map. It's, it is it is without a doubt the uh game I regret the most selling. 
there's I have not regretted a game that I've sold except for that one. It happened like three weeks ago. It did not. It did not. <laughs> six months ago. It's always three weeks to me. It's always three weeks to me. It's like six months ago and I'm still scarred. <sighs> That's because G-Money's just picking at the band-aid on the scab oh. every couple of weeks. Like, how dare you? How I, was dare like, you? I was like, oh, we're going to play it that night. It just got it. And I got there and I was like super pumped for it. Hmm. And then it's like, oh, no, I sold it. I'm like, no, no. I had a slightly different. I had a slightly different reaction to Big Shoulders for my first play. I I heard a review of it and bought it straight away from the review, and then I got it. And then I, no, no, I didn't get it. I got it off Dave. That's right. And um, I got it, and I was like, "Oh boy, I don't know whether this is my kind of game." And then when I played it the first time, I went, "Oh you know, this is awesome." So I was I was daunted, not so much disappointed. But you, you your first play was awful, wasn't it, Shane? Uh, my first two plays of it was was absolutely shit. And it was when I played it with uh, UDG and and Steve. Um, it might have been your first play of it, Steve. That's when it, I I loved it. That game. That game was brilliant. It was great fun. Oh, I do remember that game because the next day I was at DFO and I went past Floor Show. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Invested in these yeah. guys. <laughs> that's that's when I got hooked on that game. Was that? And it, it comes to comes down to um, who you learn and play the game with. So, hmm. yep, and, and that's my story as well. I, there's a few games that I, I still own because I'm I struggle to get rid of them. But I played them once, didn't enjoy the experience, and largely it just came down who I played them with. The biggest one for me was Brass Birmingham. Uh, first time I played that game, I regretted my decision. It was one of my very early purchases, and it's a big, heavy game. Looks fantastic. Thought it was going to be great. Thought I'd like the style of game. Um, just got absolutely pantsed by mm. somebody who knew what they were doing, who had you know internet strategies that that played oh, it God. so many times that they had an optimal path and crushed everybody and wasn't fun. Didn't get a chance to learn anything. Sat it back in the shell for another eighteen months. Mm. But the, and there's plenty of those. Like I still remember an early game that I played of Terraforming Mars where I actually thought I I didn't like the game. That was probably not the first one. So I played it, thought I liked it, played it with somebody else and realised I probably didn't like it as much as I thought I did. Mm. And then it's since been you know, brought back in because it's a fantastic game. But yeah, it, when you're playing a game in an early stage, especially with um, different groups of people or different um, experiences like at, at big game days or you know regular meetups with different strangers that you don't usually play games with, it can really taint your experience of it. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I struggled with Eclipse. I actually... Um, had a big game of Eclipse when we first played it, and there was a bunch of us that played it for the first time, and it was a challenging game and didn't really land very well. I bought a copy because I actually enjoyed it, but it's still sitting here in Trink, and I only played another game of it a couple of weeks ago for the first time, being about three years. So just that sort of experience really can you know, put a damper on it. I was there for that experience, wasn't I, for Eclipse? At uh, Liam Max's yeah, house. Yeah. Yeah, and what a legend! Where Troy, Troy yeah, nearly Liam Mack. I really enjoy Liam's Liam Mack's, uh company. He, how, how is he going? Good. I haven't seen him in ages. I haven't seen him in a long time. I haven't seen he him. Was at, he was, he was the, at the Friday night game night a couple of weeks ago, oh. um, teaching a game. Yeah. So oh, I still remember playing Werewolf with him at that first game day, and he just he just got into character straight away, and because of his accent, it yeah. was just. Oh, it was 
so good. But because he was the only one getting into character, he kind of made himself look guilty because everyone else was just talking and he was like, well, I'm going to put on this. And um, yeah, so he got voted out pretty quick after that. <laughs> He's actually very good. Well, I'm still, he is very good to game. And I'm still sweating him. So he, a couple of years ago now, he was searching for a copy of Anachrony. Um, and we played it once and the group sort of, it was okay, but it didn't, wasn't a group favourite. So I sold him on my copy of the Infinity Box for Anachrony with the condition that he, if he ever goes to sell it, because Liam is a prolific seller, then he has to sell it back to me and give <laughs> me first first rights on it. So every once in a while I see him and I'll remind him that if he wants to move on Anachrony, he's got to come my way. <laughs> what about you, G-Bunny? Uh, so I share the Brass Birmingham first play didn't love. I played it once at Yonk Yonks ago and I was like, yeah, that's all good, but didn't really understand it. Mm. Then played it like again, like a couple of years later, again, didn't get it, like couldn't understand it. So I bought it on Steam and then like played like a crap ton of it till I eventually figured out like how it works and stuff like that. And now like huge fan of it. Mm. But yeah, like you didn't never, never got it. You know, yeah, it is definitely. I, I, I again, sort of similar. I, I liked Brass when I first played it. My wife and I played a game of it, and it was like super close. And then I did something similar to you, G Money, because I liked it. I downloaded the um, I didn't download, I think, no, no, sorry, I downloaded the app, but it's just Brass, it's like the old Brass, it's not Brass Birmingham. Um, so it's more like Lancashire. Um, and I kept playing against like the easy bots and just getting hammered every game, and I'm like. I obviously don't know how to play this game that I thought I knew how to play. Um, but then, yeah, like after a while, you just sort of go, oh, it's because I'm doing this and I should be doing that. And and a lot of those same rules apply to Bass Birmingham. They're very similar games. But, uh, yeah, it's it's funny that you use the app because it was – I feel like now I can do a better teach of that game because I understand it more than I did after that first game with Helen. They say that um, Age of Industry is kind of like your intro-level brass for you to you know to learn learn the basics of brass and then go from age of industry to brass um so i've got age of industry still in shrink so I'm, but i have played brass and enjoyed it uh first time i played pipeline i still love it and hate it as much <laughs> as the first time i played it it was, that was a really such a great experience it was like we walked out of it and Dave looks at me and goes, are you okay? Like, <laughs> I just, Show me was, on the game board yeah. where, where it touched you. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a dark non-consensual. time. Non-consensual. That was, yeah. It was, it was definitely non-consensual. Like did not enjoy. I, I did take it in the pipeline, that game. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. You uh, did. Um, and then but, you played it again, which surprised oh, the shit out of me. Yeah. And I played it many times and yeah. I still feel the same way as that first time. Just a little bit looser than the first. It just time. oozes yeah. more each time. You know, it never really heals. It just continues <laughs> to ooze. <laughs> you know? I still like. I know I've spoken about it before, but that night at Aspley, when you and Dave were playing uh, Pipeline, and you've walked away, and Dave's just like, "Fucking hate that game." <laughs> I'm like, "What are you going to do now? I'm going to play it again." <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sums it up for us. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. And Dave and I would always get the same scores. Yeah. Like, we'd always get almost exactly the same scores. Like, we'd yeah. never do anything more. <laughs> um, yeah. 
That game doesn't actually reward multiple plays because there's no. no way to get it better at it. No, it's like shooting yourself multiple <laughs> times. Like you shoot yourself yeah. once and it's like, oh yeah, cool. Like that happened. And there's like, you shot myself again. And I'm like, well, what did I expect? Like, you know, it was just more pain. Um, and the first time I played Terraforming Mars, I tried to teach it and it was a horrible experience. Like worst, worst bird gaming experience I've ever had. But, yeah, right. And I did teach, not play it. Try to teach years. it from the rule book. Yeah, like I got it, and like everyone was like, "This is a good game," and I didn't put in much effort, you know, to teach it, and it mm. just collapsed. Like the teach just collapsed, and it was like, yeah, I did not touch it for like two years after that, and then I touched it and I played it again, and then it was like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever played." Mm. So that taught me, like, if you're going to teach something, like be prepared yeah i had one of those lessons as well with steve with black rose wars where i just assumed <laughs> that i knew how the game worked because we played it half a dozen times and it was the worst teach i'd ever done and it, it's, it's exactly the same g money it's like you need to put a little bit of effort into when you're going to teach something you, oh, I if think you you're being know, a bit harsh on yourself oh I, totally but it's <laughs> it's with any game like it, that's how you you fuck it up pretty badly is you just assume you know what you're doing or yeah. you try and like muddle your way through and it just doesn't work for anybody yeah i had that with zulkin i feel like i could i could sit down and play zulkin comfortably and because i could do that i thought i was ready to teach that game but you know when you um, try to explain something and you, you you're trying to explain what something does but you understand it because you've seen it and so you don't need to put words to it. You just know what it does. And then you've got to try and like, you got to reverse engineer it and put words to it. That's where Zulkin drops down because there's so many different options in that game. And like, Oh, if you go here, you can build a building over here. And depending on where you're, where you are in that building, you get this benefit, but then you don't get this benefit. And people are just looking at me like, <laughs> sorry, is this in Mexico? Like, just so it's, you, you, One wood is equal to one wood. Yeah, that's, <laughs> That's it. Uh, and I stuffed up because um, I remember that teach that I'm, I'm referring to because you, you've got these three tracks in Zulkin and you start on zero points, but it actually goes into the negative because you can spend victory points, or not victory points, but you can spend space on these tracks to get other things. And I'd forgotten that. So I put everyone on the bottom row. So we were all like on negative two or whatever it was and had to earn our way back up to zero, which made the game exceedingly harder. Um, and I just, I, I went home and cried myself to sleep that night. <laughs> that was <a> bad night. <laughs> but was that the day that you taught all three tea games? No, no, I was, I, I, I was, I was better then. You prepped for that. <laughs> I cried, went home and cried that night for a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> famous, famous worst decisions ever at a game day. <laughs> <laughs> And then just to top it off with Heroes of Land, Air and Sea, just go, you know what? Three T games isn't enough. I'm also going to teach Heroes of Land, Air and Sea. That was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you, and you threw a quick round of Hadrian's Wall in there too. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Back in the day. Uh, it was almost... I feel like there's a topic there of stupid decisions at game days. Uh, yeah. Architects, sure. Paladins and Viscounts back to back. Yeah, oh, that was a brain problem. burn by the end of that. Yeah, we were doing yeah. the. Um, I mentioned I won't talk about it long, but we were, I mentioned I played Architects and Paladins. We were working our way through the Tome Saga. Um, that's why we played those two, but we ran out of time and you didn't get time for Viscounts. Um, 
but that game, like there was the longest game of Architects and the longest game of Paladins I've ever played, I think. There was only three players. But um, yeah, that, it's funny how Architects is kind of well known as a bit of a quick game, but if you um, if you have people who know how to play it, it goes longer because they just sort of push things out because they don't want the game to end before they can maximise all their spaces and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, Hopefully they're playing game. it a bit more brutal too. So. Oh, yeah. It's it's the only was, way to play that. Yeah, it wasn't quite as brutal as Dwellings the other night, but it was pretty brutal. <laughs> oh, speaking of Dwellings, I, the other night, I thought it was great. You looked across the table and, bless her, she's not on tonight, but Helen was arms crossed, like negative body language coming from her. You could tell she was hating the game. And then she goes and crushes us all. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, she was impossible to beat in combat. Like I know she's like, I have lost combat. So I'm like, yeah, true, but come on. It's like, oh, you're placing my warrior. Oh, okay, he's a six. Yep. Deal with that. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, don't even roll your other dice because I'm not going to roll a six. You've already won. <laughs> uh, yeah, for someone that doesn't play much aggressive games, like she plays a lot of stone mine, she plays a lot of worker placement and a lot of kid friendly games. She can be fucking brutal playing <laughs> aggressive area it. control. She crushes people yeah. at Blood Rage. Yeah, like, I, I've, been the, I've been on the arse end of one of those crushes as well. Yeah, we've unleashed the beast with the Blood Rage. Well, see, that's the thing though. She played her character so well. I think that's why she won the game because she understood yes. what her character did and just lent into that 100% and smashed us. So... Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. good fun. God, it was good fun. I do like that game a lot. Yeah. And um, what's on the agenda for this week for each of us? John Company tomorrow, I think, isn't it, DG? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to watch some videos and try and learn that behemoth. She's yeah. a beast. Um, what's that elephant dude? What's his name? The podcast uh, YouTuber? Um, car, uh, heavy Cardboard. He does a really good teach of John Company too, mate. The elephant dude? Yeah, heavy cardboard. Okay. He's got an elephant logo. Uh, and, right. uh, but, yeah, he, uh, he does a really good teach of John Company too and plays the first few rounds so you got can it. watch it. Um, cool. But, um, I've got uh, Wednesday night work. Thursday. Thursday at my place. I've got four people coming around. And um, we've decided that every Thursday now we're going to have uh, at my place, and uh, we're going to kick it off with Pandemic Legacy. So, oh, cool. Never played it. We've got a copy that's in shrink floating about. We were going to do uh, the Tome Saga, but uh, we'll hold off on that until we get uh, Legacy out the way. Um, but we thought we might you know, start doing some big Legacy games, like even might even bring out Gloomhaven as well down the track on a Thursday night. Yeah, nice. Um, and then Friday, I have Anita and Cass coming around, and um, we're playing Abomination. So Anita's got a massively awesome, blinged out copy of Abomination, and um, uh, looking forward to playing that. So that's that's my week. To be fair, I'm probably just going to smash out Legacy of You. Legacy of You. I feel like that's a game that I'm going to binge until it's done. Um, although I do have a couple of Kickstarters arriving, which is interesting that I've got two coming at once because. I think I've backed like non-Shem games. I think I've probably backed two Kickstarters in the last year. Um, but I've got Union Stockyards, which shares some similarities to Big Shoulders. Yeah, I've heard. Um, and um, the Aeon's End, Past and Future, plus I've also got Legacy of Gravehold coming with that. Um, Helen and I played through Aeon's End Legacy 
not long after Legacy of Gravehold was off Kickstarter, so we, we sort of missed the boat. Um, so yeah, we've we've got it now. So we're going to get back to hopefully working through that campaign again. So maybe I might try and get Aeons and Outcasts out this week just to get back into the swing of Aeons before that arrives. I was uh, I caught up. With, it's still in shrink. Caught up with Joe uh, yesterday to collect the Legacy of You, and um, he was saying there's about fourteen Kickstarters that are on the go at the moment through the the Southeast Queensland Kickstarter group. I reckon I'm in on all of those. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn it. It's dangerous (laughs) when your friends start organising stuff. And (laughs) I'm overdue to pay Joe on two that he may have volunteered me for that I didn't particularly request. (laughs) 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 Trying to make up numbers. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I've bought extra copies of a couple of things just to make up numbers as well. So. I spoke to someone the other day who wanted a copy of one of the ones, so that one's gone, so that's good. Yeah, it's easy to do. I still find I do that occasionally as well, just get a couple. Like, um, I've still got you know, a Dark Ones journey sitting here for me. Managed to flog off the other one to Lucky Phil. Hopefully he enjoys it. So has anybody been keeping up with the news this week? Is it talking I about s- a Quackalope thing? Yeah, no, 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 that's full. What happened? You you have to go and read it because I think it's a fairly emotionally charged thing at the moment. But there's been uh, a bit of he said she said around paid video content for board game creators versus um, like board board game creators versus content creators. Um, but they published all the emails and everything, so it's it's sort of an interesting read. You can read through the story, but man, there are some pissed off people on both sides. Yeah, I don't I know. I, and then immediately moved on with my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't even realize the emails were printed. I just so like the, the bones of the story I heard was that they were reviewing. Is it the Aeon's Trespass? The yeah, big Kickstarter. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, um, but. Quackalope were like, oh, do you want to pay us to review it? And they said no. So then they reviewed it and they didn't like it. They actually said it was like the worst game they've ever played or something. And then they went back to the company before they released that video and said, if you pay us seven and a half K, we won't, we'll change our opinion. So that, that's that's all I know. I don't know whether that's true. I don't know whether that's yeah. just their side of the story, but yeah. Look, it's, worth, it's worth having a read of the emails. It's definitely not as clear cut as that. Um, it's, it's obvious that. So it, they say... It goes and offers the, if you pay me, I will change my already pre-recorded video content to be more supportive. Um, but I think there was just some miscommunication on both sides. So it's not a great look doing that. Um, but ultimately, I, I don't know, is that part of the world that we're in? Like there's people that are making a living out of doing this thing and they need to get paid somehow. So I think some people are happy to pay money to get positive spin and you know, feedback on their their Kickstarters as well. Look, I mean, don't don't judge it before you hear the story because it yeah. sounds really bad. Like initially, the emotive language that came out was you know they were blackmailing them. It's definitely not that. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's just not a great business practice in any way, and I think it sort of led to a few people not getting on board with that style of content creation. I don't know. I reckon if we got a. Um like a best of of us talking about Charty Party and send it to them. And so they'll be like, you owe us money. Like, <laughs> we bought your game. 
<laughs> yeah. No one, no one no. is still alive that made Charlie Putty. No. We would get a cease and desist and a slander lawsuit. They are all dead now. <laughs> but at the same time, we're like Shem definitely does not pay us. We just glowingly talk oh, happily yeah. about every yeah. single one of his games. Yeah. Why would anyone pay us? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all about what was it? Forty-one point three <laughs> average listeners. <laughs> And stop, seriously, everybody. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's better things to do with your exactly. life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, um, well, on the, oh, I was going to, there was something I was going to bring up on that note, but uh, did we all see, like, one of my favourite uh, board game, um, I suppose, reviewers slash YouTube hosts is back and has his own channel uh, in Sam Healy? Yes, it was so that. good to see him back, and um, um, you know he's he's streamed up the charts with uh, you know, well over two thousand you know uh, view, uh, viewers or followers as they call them, and um, you know Sam Healy was who, who kind of got I, I've got a very similar taste to his games, so um, and I fondly you know watched back in two thousand and seventeen the the essential board games, and he was one of the ones, and I bought majority of his games that he mentioned, so. Um, mm. You know, when you talk about Bang the Dice game, Hanamakoji, um, and etc. Uh, Biblios was one of his as well, mm. I think. So it's interesting, just because whenever I think of Sam, I think of the other news story that's been making the rounds, and that's like how badly Mystic has just yeah Mystic games, been, Myth, Mystic, sorry, Mystic, Mystic games, Mystic yeah, games, yeah. yeah. Well, because I'm still on the hook, I've got Darkest Dungeon, and so yeah. I paid the the initial blackmail for the first round of shipping. Um, they're saying that they're going to do the same thing for Wave 2. So if I want any other content, I've got to pay again. So this is just a well, shonky uh, business model. Yeah, apparently the Hell the Last Saga, they've because they've, they've, that was an expensive game, and then they asked for a bit more money about a year ago, and now yeah. they're asking for 200 US dollars to keep going per, per yeah. person? Like... What the hell? How can you? Uh, what point do you go? You know what? We haven't got enough money for this game. We need two hundred dollars per person per order. Like that's crazy. I don't understand the the bones of that, all of that. But I just I'm in another group chat with uh, folks that are going to the Dice Tower retreat, and a few of them have, have backed it, and they're just like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, is it worth spending another two hundred bucks on this game that I may never see? Like, am I just contributing to a Ponzi scheme? Yeah, and I, I'm the same. Like, there's a lot of group chats and threads for um, Darkest Dungeon. So I, I'll never back one of their games again, on both yeah. on principle and on risk management. But mm. ultimately, the general consensus is that they're using new Kickstarters to fund undelivered Kickstarters. So they need money to pay for stuff they've already committed to do. And they're also then double dipping by asking for more money for those people. And you know, there's a lot of people with um, the shipping costs. So like shipping they've done the research, they've done the math. Shipping isn't anywhere near as expensive as it was sort of 18 months ago. Like prices yeah, have come yeah. back to near back to normal. So any Kickstarter group that's saying, I need more money for shipping is completely full of shit. Um, and Mythic especially is they, they've just spent the money and they can't finish these projects and they've already got two more Kickstarters that are due. And it's not that dissimilar than the Peterson Games one for Hyperspace that I had the other week where they... I think they had four undelivered Kickstarters and they came out and said, 
we've been stringing along for two or three years. We're not actually going to do any of them. We're going to stop production. We're going to sack most of our workforce. We're going to do one at a time. So yours might be next priority, but it might not. And you may see it in the next five years, but you may not. Far out. And then I think it was Steamforge Games this week as well, sacked about 80% of their workers. And they're doing that Monster Hunter world. Mm. So, yeah, bad time, I think, to be a to be a Kickstarter board game creator. Here we have a special guest. Just popping, popping in to ruin my edit. That's awesome. How are you doing, Helen? <laughs> well, no. I asked and said, let me know when you're done and I'll come and say hello. That would be oh, we're live, coast to coast. We're live. Yeah. I said, was, <laughs> we're professionals, Helen. I, I said to yeah. Helen. Play the sound effects. I said to Helen to pop in yeah. and, uh, and join us live right now. So, Okay. Very good. That's all right. We need okay. like a whistle. <laughs> Um, how are you, Helen? I'm good. How are we all? Yeah. <laughs> Grant hasn't gotten any better. Not even sufficient. Not even sufficient, no. But we we were talking about how you crushed us, completely crushed us, whilst look, looking like you were not oh, enjoying smirk. the game at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, my biggest question is, will you ever play games with me again? Because, like, I very rarely get to play with you guys. So I'm like, have I ruined it? Absolutely. <laughs> no. We're just going to pick a better game next time because we can fuck you up. Excellent. <laughs> How do you get victory points? Oh, that's not important. We'll tell you later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would to win the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got that cheeky donkey already <laughs> uh, So, um, um, do you want to do the quick, uh, the quick five, Helen? Um, firstly, what have you been playing? <laughs> we just go through the whole episode in one, one year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what have I been playing? Well, I've been playing um, games with you boys. So that's pretty much all I've been playing. Actually. We've already talked about all those. Exactly. So that's fun. <laughs> What's the next question? Um, have you ever played a game that you didn't like and then played again later on and actually went, actually, you know what? I like this game. Um, not yet, but I was actually just listening to the podcast and I'm thinking I need to revisit Pipeline. Cause so you're listening to our podcast? You don't really yeah, yeah. need to. I was. <laughs> yeah. Why? On my way home. How, how, Are you all right? Um, you're one of, you're one of the 745. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one. Um, well, no, and I just, I realised I've actually only played Pipeline once and have not revisited it because I didn't love it. And I feel like I should. Another game I really should revisit is Western Legends, obviously. Great game. Um, Good game. But yeah, but not to date. There's games I thought didn't want, think I'd like, like Orcs, 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 that I ended up loving. Hmm. Um, and even to a point, Ready, Set, Bet, I thought I would hate it. I was like, hmm. ugh. This is going to suck. <laughs> but actually, it was really enjoyable. And I lost that one. So that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, what's the next question? Oh, geez. Uh, what else have we talked about? Um, have you watched the news this week? Yeah. No. Good. good. All right. Moving on. Um, you got any Kickstarters arriving this week? No. All right. Excellent. You're up to speed. <laughs> See, 50, I would have added nothing minutes of an episode anyway. done in two minutes. <laughs> But I will mention that if you have a look behind me, I have a lot of empty spaces. Yeah. Mm. So I redid my board game shelves um, yesterday and realized I had a lot of empty boxes that I've been able to put behind and things like that. So now I have all this space to buy new games. Fantastic. OC in the top right, third from the yep. left. Ah, there you go. I was looking for I it. I also threw a game in the That's bin. That's my north. 
You threw a game in the bin. I did. I did. I had a game called Tip of Your Tongue and I was missing a couple of cards, oh. but it had actually gone mouldy. Uh, it had so gone mouldy. Wait, you weren't yeah. actually Everyone on your tongue, were you? What? <laughs> I've it had, had that game moldy. for like 20 years. Um, and then I found out like, Stop putting have... cheese in your games. <laughs> yeah, I knew I was doing something wrong. That's how you get ants. <laughs> but I thought that's what you could so if you're hung so you can snack while you're playing. Yeah. No, is that not you, how think these, you think these are tokens? You think these are chips? These are potato tokens. <laughs> well yeah, and all the uh, you know, eggs in wingspan are like the chocolate speckled eggs. They yeah. do look like those chocolate speckled eggs. <laughs> yeah, opens up box of wingspan. There's how a whole bunch co- of baby air- birds in there. <laughs> this box into river. Uh, imagine if they were like, what a great business model that would have been if they were candy eggs or chocolate eggs. Man, they'd sell even more copies of Wingspan. Feel like I need to buy another copy of Wingspan because I've eaten all the eggs now. Yeah, <laughs> huge at Easter. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also did a bit of the the Shane Tonkin model of storage. Um, organization this week and just stashed a whole bunch of stuff behind one game facing out on the front. So, oh, yeah. Were you hiding games you're ashamed to own or? Uh, just probably ones that I still have that I haven't sold yet. And all the kids stuff. Like, you know, I, I'm sure everybody's got one. Either it's a tub or it's a little shelf, but you got like just a shit ton of tiny little card games yeah. or like games that are about you know, two inches high and four inches deep and don't fit anywhere. Yeah, they're, they're stashed. Yeah. You, I know, you can't hide your mint games, Shane. We know you Oh, they're just those. in one big tin, one big nail tin. <laughs> I could imagine you could be like, you know, a Russian doll set and all your mint games <laughs> are just in a big Every the, Everything is a mint game. And then when you get to the end, it's just a mint. You know, you know how every Anzac day yeah. you get the Anzac cookies Nails. and you get the Anzac cookie tin? Yeah, so all of my mint, Start all of my mint games are in that. In that. Uh, uh, that's that's my forbidden desert. It's... Yeah, 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 it's true. It's just that's sand. Very true. It's like yes. a lunchbox. Uh, <laughs> I remember I bought I a copy that. of um, Sushi Go Party right when we I started in the hobby, and um, and it's a great game. But um, everyone was like, "Oh, whinging about the the tin. Oh, it's so annoying that it comes in a tin." I'm like, "Mine doesn't come in a tin." I was trying, oh, yeah, like, yeah. this is just bizarre. Yeah. Then I found out that mine is a illegal copy, and that's why yeah. it was in cardboard and not in a tin. Oh, tin. I'm yeah. like, you know what? I'm happy with that. Everyone else can have their tin. I'm good with my cardboard, thanks. Yeah, yeah the tins are really Do you want to nice. know something yeah. else I've never told any of you guys? You, you know how much I love the mint games. Well, I've actually got all the play mats for them as well. What? So not only have I bought wow, the mint. <laughs> I have all the playmats. I'm not going to lie. I thought it'd be a lot worse. <laughs> I just, what you're say. I hope, I hope they're like a four by eight playmat. So you've got this tiny little game in a mint tin, <laughs> and you've got this huge tube of all these playmats. Yeah. <laughs> Currently, they're Same. on the roof of your house, just yeah. lying up there. It's actually a they're solar the panel. tiles of the roof. <laughs> it sounds to me very much like a drunken purchase, Shane. Like you may have been sitting around one night, maybe tooling around on the internet, just. Accidentally chucked a couple of mint tin no, games. No, they're in the all Kickstarters, so I actually backed them all on Kickstarter. Uh, mistakes were made. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even the worst Kickstarter mistake. They are in, in the mint condition. They are in mint condition. Yeah. Do you know what uh, I just realised? <laughs> we could have played Party Party. 
No, we already talked uh, about that. We've got, we've done our quota for Charlie Party this session. Don't yeah. worry. We talked yeah. about Shem. We talked about Charlie Party. Yeah. yeah. What's All left? Right. Gloomhaven. We haven't spoken about Gloomhaven yet. Gloomhaven's great. Yeah. There we go. Move on. He said he, he said he'd been playing some. Frosthaven. Oh, I did too. Yeah, played some Frosthaven. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, didn't yeah. he actually say Gloomhaven's dead to him now that he has Frosthaven? Pretty much. <laughs> but Liam keeps bringing me back in. He won't yeah, let me die. Yeah, you've only played it for six hours this week rather than yeah. 40. <laughs> uh, we finished it too. No, well done. Well, we finished the main campaign, which Jim and I is still there. Again. But yeah, Oozing Grove's the real victory one day. One I reckon day. I can get it this time now. I reckon I've got it lined <laughs> up. So, uh, Well, on that note, um, we might as well... Uh, even though Helena has been here for a grand total of four minutes. Uh, but Best four great. minutes, though, by Thank far. Yeah, that's much. true. Yeah, yeah. It's a, big, a, a massive uptick in the viewership. Yeah. Yeah, you can see it happening. But yeah. um, otherwise, uh, hope you, thank you again to all of you guys um, for having me over for games last week and all and all of us being there. That was awesome. I didn't expect that. So that was awesome fun. Mate, it just makes me want to come down and visit more and more often, however I'm going to do that. But um, yeah, well, no, no. doesn't Shane have to come see you now? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Promises were made, Shane. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> I'll come up once you get your grant. Yes, no, yeah, no. I don't need the grant for this one because um, yeah, I'm not coming. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> you're more than welcome to. But uh, yeah, no. Shane said that if uh, if if Martin Wallace came to Emerald to play board games, he'd come up. Well, Martin's coming up in August, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can carpool. Lift, the narrator Shane indeed indeed did not go. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You should carpool, and then you can listen to your uh, your playlist that you guys all created. Bangers. Sixteen oh, hours bangers. later, <laughs> it's like Shane rings me from like um, Gladstone. He goes, "Oh, we didn't make it." Uh, Martin kicked me out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the funny podcast playlist. <laughs> <laughs> the minute Willow came on, he left. Yeah. <laughs> he got through Paris Hilton okay, though. He was about yes. to be out, and then Baby Shark came on. He's like, oh, I redeemed it. I saved yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I made Brass uh, to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Love Don't Cost a Thing. Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty sure that was the June well, no, uh, uh, no, it ends on JLo. End, end podcast. Okay, done. All right. See you guys. Catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.